Welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage. This podcast is dedicated to helping attorneys earn more money, get better clients, and spend more time with family. I'm your host, Alej Yajnik, founder of Law Firm Success Group. Smart business guidance for small law firms begins in three, two, one. And it's my pleasure to welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage, Dalil Allison, CEO of Rooks DM. Dalil, how are you today? I am doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Thank you. It's a, it's a great day today. The sun's shining and it's spring, so things are going great. Quick question for you. Tell me about how an IT firm that works with law firms can actually save the attorney's time. That is something that I'm going to hear about every day, but that's your primary mission. Exactly. Yes. So I can start off with telling you what we don't do as well, too, because a lot of people, when they think of IT, they think of help desk support. They think of, hey, my printer is broken. I need help fixing it. They think of, hey, my laptop doesn't work. Can you help me get my problem solved? Those people are super critical and those are managed service providers. That's the work that we don't do, but we partner with them. All of the work that we do is around helping you be able to use all these these different pieces of technology to save time. And the how we do it is by coming in, we're very familiar with working with law firms. So understanding your process, your pain points, your challenges within those processes, and then asking the question to say, hey, where can technology actually fit into this process to make it much more efficient? So instead of you copy and pasting data from one system to another, for example, can we leverage technology to move the data from one system to another systematically? Um, Because that will free up a lot of time on a day-to-day basis, especially if you're doing that task over and over again. That sounds really awesome. I can, I expect a lot of the people on, a lot of the attorney entrepreneurs who are listening are thinking, yeah, that sounds like I could really use that. So take us back through maybe a recent client engagement you had. What was the initial pain point that caused them to bring you in? Yeah. So several different ones. <laughs> uh, I'll go with, um, so prospecting. So the way that we look at the world as well too, I mentioned process first. So we have four major processes that all law firms have. They have the intake, the onboarding, the management, and the offboarding. So in, in this specific example, I'll talk about intake. So, hey, I'm, I'm a new potential client. I reach out to your law firm. I'm interested in, in hiring you to represent me in a specific matter. A lot of times what we see is attorneys will, get that data very manually, or they might leverage their website to have new inquiries come in. Um, but with this specific client, what they were doing is they actually charged for, for initial consultations and they wanted a streamlined way of doing that. So what we ended up doing was leveraging their online, their website, because they receive a lot of traffic from their website. We embedded an online form onto their website. So then when a prospect goes to their website, they see it, they can fill out this contact form. Behind the scenes, the client wouldn't necessarily know or the prospect wouldn't know. But as they're filling out the form, we have some some conditionals in there that says, hey, if they select immigration, for example, versus business, we want to route them to the appropriate attorney's calendar that handles that specific practice type. So we can do that systematically on the online form. And then what happens is once they book the time with that specific attorney, then we can actually create a record within their CRM system with that contact information. So first name, last name, email, and phone number that was collected goes systematically into the CRM. And then the attorney can meet with them and kind of do the prospecting side of things or the intake side of things to validate them as a potential client or not. So funny, Dalil, because when you started talking about it, you said we put together an online form. I'm thinking, oh God, it's just an online form. And you started to go through all the magic that happens behind it. And I went, oh, wow, this is really cool. So what was the client doing before they brought you on? Like, What was their existing process before you got involved? 
Yeah, so the existing process is upfront. It wasn't filtered. So they would receive, they still had the online form, but it wasn't filtering out people based off practice areas. So then they would have to manually process those specific clients that were coming in. So they were saying, okay, immigration, it needs to go to Delil. Business, for example, needs to go to LA. So they had to manually process those specific items. And then the other thing was the copy and pasting or the duplicate data that was provided. So they received the data already from the online form, but instead of it going directly into the CRM, uh, they had to manually type it into the CRM. And sometimes what happens is they forget to do it. (laughs) And then that potential lead could fall through the cracks. And even though they had the conversation with the client because the meeting was scheduled, they forgot to follow up. And and those things happen and we're all human. We get busy. Um, But it's a matter of not only freeing up their time, but it also helps to ensure those simple tasks don't fall through the cracks, which ultimately impact your revenue. Yeah, and I could totally imagine how this kind of thing might might shake out. You know, a law firm has this online scheduling tool and they're excited and they have multiple attorneys in multiple practice areas. Some assistant or secretary or paralegal is getting these form requests as they come through. Then this poor person is trying to schedule it on different attorneys' calendars and coordinate the whole thing. Yeah. And that's challenging for them. And like you said, you know, they might forget to do things or heck, they might just be out sick. And yep. <laughs> now no one's doing anything and these things are just stacking up. So that is super cool. And I can totally see how that might impact the intake process and the firm's performance. Do you have any information on you know, the results they got or the changes that they saw as a result of, of those improvements? Yeah. So the biggest one was not wasting time processing it. The exact minutes I don't have, sadly. But the biggest thing was they weren't wasting time having to process, hey, this attorney spoke to a potential client that wasn't interested in that specific practice area. So it essentially not only wasted the client's time, but it wasted the attorney's time for them having to meet with them. So the filtering was, was a huge component of it. And then also also in that one, I had mentioned like this specific law firm actually charged for the consultations up front. Yeah. So we also did some automations for the retainer agreement as well, too. So as they're they're paying, they need to collect a retainer agreement ahead of that meeting. And so once the calendar, once the meeting invite got booked on the calendar, we would also systematically send out the retainer agreement as well, too. So it went through the process of filling out the online form, submitting the data. Um, and in that first step, it's it's filtering them out based off practice area. So that saves on time there. And then once they hit submit, they're collecting the payment, obviously. But then the other item that was automated was sending out the retainer agreement. So ahead of the meeting with them, they're, they're collecting money for this uh, consultation. So they need to get the retainer agreement in place or the agreement in place. And so we facilitated that as well, too. So after it gets booked, the, re- uh, the agreement goes out to the prospect. They review it. They sign it ahead of the meeting. And if they don't sign it, they have it at least ahead of that meeting. And then the attorney can show up and kind of do what they need to do. Sweet. That sounds awesome. I, I totally geek out on this stuff. So I, I love where <laughs> you're coming from. And I love this example. Maybe in this client's case, and certainly the case of other clients, and one of the challenges uh, my clients have told me is they don't want to implement new technology because it's a big ordeal. It's, it's months. It's a lot of meetings. It's moving a lot of data. And so we'd love to get some insight from you when you work with a client. And maybe we use this client as an example, potentially. How much of the things that you do are you able to utilize their existing technology that they already have in place versus implementing new pieces of technology? Yeah, so it varies. So that's why we always say process first, technology second, because they might already have technologies that they're not using fully. So one of the big ones, so we're Microsoft partners. We do a lot of building on the Microsoft stack. And the Microsoft stack, a lot of people, um, if you're not in tech, don't know, it integrates outside of it. So we use a specific platform called the Microsoft Power Platform. 
And what we can do is build custom connectors between two of two different systems, leveraging Microsoft as the intermediary, but it's connecting Clio, for example, to a, to a different system and being able to push and pull that data from one system to another. So that's one thing there is looking at opportunities to see if we can leverage their existing one. If not, then we go through the, the period of we don't have to do everything all at once. So doing it in bite-sized chunks to say, hey, if we are going to implement this new technology, how is it going to impact processes across the firm? And how do we do it in a, in a phased approach so it's not super disruptive and your whole team is not having to learn a whole bunch of new things at once? So we're very iterative in how we kind of do the rollout for firms so they have time to transition. Also, it gives their clients at the end of the day time to understand, hey, this is a new process that I need to go through as I'm submitting documents or whatever it may be uh, to the firm specifically. No, I, I like that approach very much. So you're very flexible, very customized to what the client is is dealing with and you kind of meet them where they're at, which is awesome. Exactly. When we talk about practice management software like Clio, Practice Panther, you know, the list goes on and on and on. How often, I guess, what's your experience with law firms using you know, most of that platform versus law firms that are using maybe that are really underutilized what the tool is capable of doing? Yeah. So it varies from law firm to law firm. So we don't get really deep in the in the everyday usage of Clio. What we do is, like I said, we, we come in and look at it and say, hey, is Clio the right practice management system for you guys? Are you having issues with it? And if so, does it make sense to explore other options? If not, what does it look like to be able to have a practice management system across your firm? And then more importantly, how does that practice management system fit into the other technologies that you're using? Um, so for example, in, in, in the use of, of Clio, are you using that as your main document repository or are you using OneDrive or SharePoint or your local machine? Um, or where are you storing documents and how are you storing them and what's the naming convention and how does that whole process uh, happen? Because then that will impact the depth of the technology and how you're using it, to be quite frank. Because um, they might say, hey, I don't want to store my documents in, in system A. I want to store it here because it's easier or this is what I would prefer to do. So it's kind of chatting with them to see, hey, is that the most efficient way to do it? And if so, how do we go about doing it so that it meets your needs as well? Got it. Yeah. So what I what I see happening, well, I want to take us back to the beginning of the podcast where we talked about how you help law firms save time. And we had that great example about how you did just that with regards to the online uh, paid consultations which was really cool. When you're working with a client though, and you're talking about Clio and you're talking about making all these changes, I can just kind of see the law firm thinking, oh my God, this is going to be a long, arduous task. It's going to consume hours and hours. So, and I know every client's different, but just from a typical perspective, um, what does your engagement look like with a law firm in terms of how much time they have to spend working with you? Yeah, so it varies. Um, I would say on average, so anytime we talk to a client, what we say is on average two to six hours per week um, when working with us. And that varies. So the two to six hours might not be with one specific individual at the law firm. It could be with a, with a few different team members, depending on what phase of the project that we're in. So if, for example, if we're coming in and doing the initial preliminary consulting, if you will, looking at the lay of the land, doing the recommendations document, seeing where the challenges are and, and providing those recommendations, that usually is split up between several different team members because what we want to do in that process is interview certain key team members across the firm to say, hey, what are the pain points? What are the challenges? How are you working? And those are usually done in 30-minute increments. 
Um, and then once we get to the implementation phase, my colleague always calls it like the bathtub effect, where it's it's very heavy in the beginning stage because we're gathering the requirements, doing the analysis. And then what we do from that point is we kind of go off and, and start the building process. And so the firm has a little bit more time back in the sense of we don't need as much time for them. And then once we're ready to test, we'll go through that repetitive process to say, hey, we built something. Now it needs to be tested. We, we need you guys to, to do the testing, validate everything that we built is accordingly. Uh, we'll go through that a few times and then we'll do the off um, the transition, which is, hey, now let's provide training, uh, system support to make sure everything is running as it should be running, but also that your users are able to understand how it's working. And if there's any issues, we can help support that as well too, related to the solution. So I, I expect you probably get a couple kinds of clients. One is a client brings a specific issue to you, like this client we were talking about maybe, and you're, you focus on addressing that. The other one might be a client that says, look, I, I don't know exactly if you could help me or not. I'd like to maybe have you take a look and see where you could help. In that second case, which might be a lot of the attorney entrepreneurs that are listening, what is your approach with that? Where a client just says, or a potential client says, hey, not sure if you can help me or not, but would like to see if there's a, you know, potentially something you could do for us. Yeah. So in that case, what I would do is uh, have a preliminary conversation with them to kind of get an understanding of like, hey, what are your challenges right now? So we, we make it very business focused. So like, what challenges are you facing? Where are you spending a lot of time? Where's the pain within the, the firm that you're experiencing? Understanding those, documenting them. And then based off that, I'll, I'll work with my team internally on the delivery side to say, hey, here are some key challenges. Any thoughts? And if necessary, what we'll do is have a follow-up call. And I'll include more than likely a member of our delivery team who's highly technical. And so they'll come in and start asking some more targeted questions around processes, technologies that they're leveraging, some of the pain points associated with the processes and technologies. Um, and then based off of that, we create a custom program for them so we can say, hey, okay, we have enough information now. What we'll do is put together a, a custom scope of work for you and, and how we can help and how we envision this being uh, ran. Uh, the other option is we do have, um, I don't want to call them standard, but they're essentially, we've done it a number of times. So right. we have packages specifically for that. Uh, and those packages vary depending on the size of the organization and the depth we need to go into based off our conversations with them. And we can suggest one of those as well too. But we're very flexible because we know it's not, and that's one of the things that makes us unique. We're boutique, we're very hands-on, um, and then we are flexible uh, within reason. So like the work that we, we, we can create a custom scope of work depending on what the client needs. Right. What do you see are some of the common uh, time wasters that attorneys and law firms are dealing with today? Oh, okay. I can go through a list. <laughs> <laughs> some of the top ones. <laughs> so, so one of the top ones is starting on a matter without having all the information you need to get it to the next milestone um, is usually a big one. So, so we have a solution that helps do a lot of that work up front. So it's all of the planning of measure twice, cut once. So being able to say like, hey, if I am onboarding a new client, how do I ensure I have enough, if not majority of the information as to when a, when a lawyer starts working on the specific matter, they can get to the next milestone without having to put it down and then reaching back out to the client and having to pick it back up and then going through that whole cycle. Um, so that's one there. Um, obviously, uh, attorneys have a lot of like filing dates um, and, and reminders that they need set. Uh, and so they create those a lot of times very manually. And so we can automate that process as well, depending on certain key dates. So if, if we know, hey, um, this patent, for example, is getting ready to expire this date, then what we can do is systematically create reminders on their calendar via email notification, create a list in a task management system somewhere. But we can create those reminders in a, in a way that 
it happens automatically. So then we could say, okay, what we want to do in this process is two months. So 60 days ahead of this patent expiring, we need to get this on the books because we don't want to lose track of it. And then 45 days, we need to do A, B, and C action. So let's get that on the book and we can kind of trickle it down depending on what needs to be done where. Um, so that's a big one. Uh, another one that we see is document management. So files stored in multiple locations and they're not very centralized. So they might have some attorneys have it on their personal machines. Some attorneys have it in a SharePoint site, a OneDrive site, a team site. So just documents scattered all across the board and there's no standards um, and best practices related to know, hey, when I'm looking for um, this specific document, it's going to be in this specific location. So I can keep going, but that's that's the top three. Oh, yeah, those, but those are the top three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, awesome. So apart from working, you know, hiring your firm and working with you, Mm-hmm. What are some things that attorneys or law firms should do from a technology standpoint, maybe themselves, to you know maximize what they've got and save themselves the most time possible? Yeah, so quite a few things. Um, first and foremost, take inventory. So we we always request this. Let's get a let's get inventory of every single piece of technology that you're using, and some of them get overlooked, but they are critical. So like, what's your e-signature platform? What are you using for scheduling schedule management? What are you using for invoice billing, time tracking, all of those items? So getting a, a huge list together or the entire list together is what I should say for their technology stack is the first thing there. And then they could even do this internally. They might realize like, hey, I have three different document management systems that I'm using. So I, so I am on the Microsoft stack, but I'm also using Dropbox as another alternative. And then I'm using my a different system to manage some other documents. So getting the inventory is the first thing. And then the second thing would be asking yourself the question of, hey, are there any redundancies in the systems that I have today? Because not only is it a cost that you're paying for the license, but it's the training time, it's the ramp up time, it's also the the security risk of having everything scattered across multiple different systems. Um, so seeing if you can consolidate that down. Uh, and the answer could be no, but making a conscious decision around that. And that starts with the inventory and then asking yourself that question. Um, and then the third thing I would say kind of goes back to our philosophy is, uh, do you have your processes documented. Um, and if not, even if it's a simple word document, but outlining what those processes look like and then thinking through, hey, this actually doesn't make sense or I'm actually spending a lot of time having to track down these type of documents or I'm spending a lot of time having to do follow-up meetings with clients or whatever it may be. Um, you're able to uncover that just going through the exercise of documenting your processes. Awesome. Love that, especially that last point. It's It becomes so obvious when you actually document those processes where the opportunities are but it's yep. so hard to see unless you do that step first. Dalil, what are some of the things that you are looking forward to with RooksDM? A lot. So we're we're in a growth stage right now, which has been um, challenging and exciting all at the same time. So, so I'm really looking forward to that. Um, the other thing is we, we have built some really cool solutions. So as I mentioned, like the data collection solution, it's on our website as well, too. Um, if you go to our website, you'll see the solutions there. But we have a, a data collection solution, which helps solve the problem of attorneys picking up the file and putting them down and ensuring that they're collecting all the data up front is a big one there. And then we also have a, a filing automation solution as well, too. So if you go to our website, you'll see those. But I'm really excited because me and the team have spent quite a bit of time um, strategically thinking of, hey, what are some great solutions that would help attorneys be able to streamline their processes that we're seeing over and over again? And, and those solve those specific problems. I love that. So you've seen the same thing over and over again, and you've come up with the best practice solution 
that will work for most law firms. That's really, really awesome. So that's that's just started to roll out recently. Yes. Yeah. So the beginning of this year. So we spent oh, cool. quite a bit of time last year um, on site with the team, putting together the strategy as well as the some of the items that we need it. Um, we have demos as well too, and we started the the push this year, if you will, and, and start rolling them out the beginning of this year. Awesome! Congratulations. And if someone wants to reach you, what's the best way for them to do that? Yep. So I, our, our website is, is a great place as well, rooksdm.com. You can find us there. Um, LinkedIn is the, is the best place to reach me. And then also, I always say, if you reach out to me on LinkedIn, um, always try to add a note saying where you heard me because I get a lot of LinkedIn requests and I don't accept any and everyone. Um, so if you remember, just drop a little note in there saying, hey, heard you on the podcast with Alay. Um, and then that will trigger me to make sure I accept the request. Awesome. Dalil, thanks so much for being a guest on Lawyer Business Advantage today. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And that's a wrap for this episode of the Lawyer Business Advantage podcast. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in to listen. And I want to hear from you. So connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know what you think of this episode. And if you are a solo or an owner of a small law firm, and you're looking to earn more money, attract better clients, or reduce your stress, we would love to talk with you to see how we can help. Request your free law firm assessment by visiting lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. Again, that URL is lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. We look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you for listening. My name is Ale Yajnik. Until next time, remember... You can seize freedom. You can embrace happiness. You can build your perfect practice.